Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, November the 20th. And uh, high school football uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, during the show. Along with uh, we'll have one high school coach on. Uh, around 730, 735. Uh, with that, too, uh, a little college football we'll talk about. A little shake-up, something. Uh, boy, uh, what a tragic end to uh, uh, Florida State quarterback. Uh, gee, uh, just – I remember watching the news well, – not the news, but uh, uh, I guess a recap of some of the games. And the announcers, I think, uh, Booger McFarlane was one of them. And they weren't even aware that uh, what came across uh, with that. And uh, the young quarterback um, – his name escapes me right now, Travis. Uh, anyway, uh, broke his ankle pretty bad, too. Um, and uh, I'm sure he's done for the year. And that, uh, of course, earlier in the year was a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate. But uh, Florida State goes on to beat North Alabama, though. Yeah, I mean, game was tight at the time. It uh, was. It was 13 nothing when he broke his uh, ankle. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Florida State, with the talent they have, went on to uh, – uh, win that game, I think, 56 to maybe 13 or 20, something like that. And Jordan Travis. Yes, is a young man that broke it. it really tragic and just showed up on the air. And the announcers, Booger McFarlane, along with his partner, won aware and had to apologize, you know, because not to warn the people viewing uh, what uh-huh. took place. Uh, but anyway, uh, Florida State still undefeated, along with uh, five other teams that uh, – well, there's six right now. They went one undefeated, went down over the weekend. James Madison ended up getting beaten overtime too. Yeah, uh, and the timing of it's kind of unfortunate. Almost like they were deflated after you know appealing to the NCAA that they should be allowed a bowl game, even though they technically weren't eligible because it takes two seasons of moving from the football championship series to the football bowl series. It's supposed to be in the FBS for two years before you're eligible so anyway but they appealed because they were undefeated right they lose that appeal and then it's like the bubble burst and and again i'm not blaming um, that loss on it but the timing is uh, interesting and it's amazing how they tied the game up they were down 28 20 and uh they complete a fourth and 18 pass down to the 11 yard line then again uh, they hit a touchdown pass and they have to go for two and makes the two-point conversion to make it 28-28. Then in overtime, they kick a field goal to go up uh, 31-28. to And uh, uh, basically, Appalachian State ended up scoring a touchdown to win the game, uh, I think, by the score of 34-31. to And uh, James Madison has their first loss of the year and kind of uh, shatters some of their hopes. Uh, that. Uh, but I, personally, I think, will they be able to play in the championship game? I don't know. Uh, will they be able to play in a bowl game? Is there not enough bowl participants? We'll see how that all come into place. Meanwhile, speaking of bowl games, uh, of course, LSU won big uh, Saturday night as 56-14 uh, uh, to 14 over Georgia State. And uh, they just uh, they keep on rolling as Daniels just finds ways to, uh, uh, of course, a lot of people thought he'd have a big game uh, depending how long. Uh, that coach would leave him in, mm-hmm. and uh, did he? He didn't run for 600 yards and throw for 600, but uh, he uh, had a pretty big game and enlightened a lot of eyes towards. I think it's down to he and Bo Nix. They seem for the uh, Heisman Trophy, and uh, Bo Nix, of course, looked pretty impressive uh, Saturday afternoon as he led Oregon to a 42 to nothing halftime lead, 
and uh, they went on the coast from there. I, don't, I think he played one series in the third quarter. Of course, Bo Nix, the former Auburn transfer, who's up in Oregon right now, uh, and holds a lot of first in the NCAA with completion percentage and touchdowns and things of that nature. So, anyway. the, the latest odds, according to uh, DraftKings, Jaden Daniels uh, now number one, minus one twenty-five. Uh, bet one hundred and twenty-five to win a hundred. Bo Nix now plus one fifty. Bet a hundred to win one fifty. So, yeah, interesting. You know, and and I, I'm not sure who. Oregon State has this weekend if it's a big rivalry oh, game. Oh, it's, it's Oregon State. It's yeah. a civil war, they call it up there, yeah. between Oregon and Oregon State. So, uh, And unfortunately, LSU has a, a down Texas A&M team. At 11 o'clock game, not a real marquee time. And, you know, again, I, I would hope the, the voters uh, look at the, the breadth of the right. season and not just one game, but... Well, also, too, uh, LSU playing at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning in Tiger Stadium, too. Uh, anyway, a little down of form, and you think of that game. Might have been played at uh, 6.30 or something of that nature, but uh, not to be. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, the other games uh, that are the state games, Tulane beat FAU 24-8. UL travels to Troy and gets beat 31-24. to They tied it up 17 apiece. Don't think they ever led the game. Uh, but uh, now uh, at five and six, the uh, uh, Cajuns uh, need to beat uh, University of Louisiana Monroe this coming Saturday uh, to be bowl eligible. Uh, so uh, the Cajuns uh, have their work cut out. Uh, of course, uh, UL Monroe down a little bit this year. Uh, with that, uh, they were hammered pretty well over the weekend, I think, by uh, might have been Texas A&M, too, that uh, UL Monroe uh, was defeated by over the weekend. Uh, if I'd uh, just go to my notes here real quickly. Uh, uh, I think Texas A&M had somebody like Abilene Christian or. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, UL Monroe, UL Monroe, Mississippi. Yeah. Beat them 35 to three. So uh, with that, uh, anyway, so we'll see uh, with the Cajuns. Uh, that game will be at Cajun Field this uh, this coming uh, weekend as they host uh, uh, UL Monroe. And uh, if you forget, UL Monroe last year beat the Cajuns uh, in uh, their final game. So uh, with that, uh, right now, uh, the game is scheduled for 2 o'clock uh, Saturday afternoon uh, over at Cajun Field on ESPN+. Plus. The Cajuns are a 12-and-a-half-point pick uh, with that game. Uh, so we'll see what, uh, of course, Terry Bowden is the head coach at UL Monroe. He's 2-9 and nine on the year. Cajuns come in 5-6, and six, need that 6 win to become bowl eligible for the year. So uh, good luck to Coach uh, Mike Desimo and his Cajun staff and uh, team uh, with that. So uh, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll have a big win, a little vengeance bowl in that regard. Elsewhere, I don't know if you saw, Jeff, but the big upset of the week, in my opinion, New Mexico State beat Auburn 31-10 to at Auburn. And uh, Auburn went into the game a 25-point pick into that game uh, and get beat by uh, 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 New Mexico State. Uh, that, that game just uh, blew me away. Uh, when I saw the score in that game, I had to shake my head a little bit. As uh, New Mexico State, uh, Auburn only had 213 yards of uh, total offense. Don't know if they're uh, looking forward to the Iron Bowl against Alabama this weekend, but uh, New Mexico State jumped out to a 10-7 halftime lead. Uh, scored seven more in the third period and 14 in the fourth. And uh, Auburn kicks a field goal in the fourth quarter to 31 to 10. Uh, 
uh, I just and Auburn was a 24 and a half point pick in that game, and New Mexico State beats them uh, 31 to 10. That's gonna rock a lot of people in uh, in Alabama, especially the Auburn crowd, if they take it on Alabama this weekend. Uh, of course, that game uh, against is gonna be played in Auburn. Auburn six and five on the year, believe it or not. Alabama, of course, ten and one. Alabama, a two touchdown pick in that game. That game's going to be on CBS at 2.30 uh, uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, should be interesting uh, with uh, Auburn uh, getting beat by New Mexico State. That had to surprise a lot. It did me. Uh, had to surprise a lot of people around the country in that regard. So, anyway, in the meantime, high school football here in the area, just uh, we had a bunch of teams that uh, made it so far to the uh, regional round. Of course, Westgate journeyed up to Ruston to take on number one seeded Ruston. And uh, uh, we'll have uh, Coach uh, Ryan Antoine on a little later talking about that game. Uh, the Tigers lost 20 to 18. And we're in the game, from what I understand, most of the night uh, with that. So uh, we'll have Coach Antoine on to talk a little bit about that, a little bit more uh, as the Westgate Tigers go down. But in the meantime, other area teams uh, – that in the non-select Division Two, Opelousas beats West Feliciana 14 to eight. Abbeville uh, loses to Lutcher 35 to 12. Brobridge gets beat by Assumption 43 to 21. St. Martinville loses a tight one to Jennings 25 to 23. But Cecilia rolls. Uh, Cecilia beats Iota 70 to 30 in that ball game uh, uh, for that. So in the meantime. Uh, Elsewhere, some of the other non-select Division II games. Lorville travels to Bogalusa uh, and gets beat 28-7 to uh, with that score. So uh, the Tigers in their year uh, up in uh, Bogalusa, uh, a good year for the Lorville Tigers. Elsewhere, other local teams that uh, are playing in uh, non-select Division IV. Franklin loses to Logansport 64-12. to Meanwhile, Generette, uh, one of the lone local teams to win, they beat uh, East Feliciana 28 to 20. But now uh, Generette's got to travel way up to Haynesville, uh, just about Arkansas for that. Yeah, it's, it's about a block away. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> it, and you know there was a gentleman from here for years that used to go up to Haynesville. He played with the Haynesville High School, Mr. James Duck, who had Ducks driving back in the 60s. He played on a Haynesville team that won a state championship back in the mid-40s. And uh, he told me for years, he'd go up one year, he'd pick a game out each year, head up to Haynesville to watch the Haynesville Tornadoes uh, play a ball game. And uh, anyway, Haynesville is where Generetta will end up as uh, they take it on Haynesville, the Tornadoes, uh, this coming uh, Friday at 7.30 up in Haynesville. Other games, uh, teams in our area, so, so far, that bracket has had no upsets. Oh, okay. I say bracket to uh, that division. But uh, one versus eight, Logansport uh, going to take on Welsh. The winner of that game gets the winner of the Generette game. And then three versus six, Oak Grove and Mangum. And then number two, Kentwood versus number seven, Homer. So the top yeah. eight still alive there. Yeah, and that, uh, of course, speaking to that, Centerville goes down to Mangum 53-14 to 14, uh, at Mangum uh, uh, Saturday night. Meanwhile, in the other bracket, the uh, select bracket, a game I kind of keep an eye on, uh, Holy Cross, of course, former Catholic high coach Scott Watney is there. And Holy Cross beat Jesuit uh, Friday night, 42 to nothing. That's the second time this year they've beaten Jesuit. And uh, they're going to take on Acadiana, 
who downed Karen Crow 14 to 7 in a tight ball game over at Acadiana. So uh, good luck to uh, Coach Watney against Acadiana. Meanwhile, uh, in the uh, other games in the uh, Division One Select, none of our other local teams are, are playing in that bracket. Meanwhile, if we go to Division Two, St. Thomas More wins big. They knock off uh, a Struma 57 to 14 at St. Thomas More in Lafayette. They're going to face uh, uh, St. Michael the Archangel in a uh, quarterfinal match. Elsewhere, Lafayette Christian all over Peabody out of Alexandria, 54 to 20. Uh, other games, Turling Catholic holds on to beat Madison Prep out of Baton Rouge, 31 to 30. So uh, uh, Turling's will play E.D. White, who defeated De La Salle. Meanwhile, Lafayette Christian will face McDonough, 35, who defeated St. Louis Catholic out of Lake Charles. Other games, of course, I mentioned St. Thomas More taking on St. Michael the Archangel. In Division Three. Uh, in the select, of course, uh, a lot of local area teams, but the one we kept an eye on, Catholic High gets beat 7-3 to three by uh, Lake, Charles, Lake Charles College Prep. And that game was just crazy all night. The Panther defense just, you couldn't ask for a better effort from them as they get down inside the red zone and kick a field goal uh, to go up 3 nothing, And that 3 that nothing lead held up until about uh, midway through the third quarter when uh, Catholic High's quarterback, Luke Landry, went back to pass. And he was sacked. They were in the red zone. He was sacked. The ball skirted another 20, 30 yards down the field when finally a Lake Charles uh, college prepster uh, picked it up and ran in the remaining 40, 50 yards for a score. The extra point's good. And that's how the game stood. Panthers, late in the game, had an opportunity on a long pass play from Luke Landry to Jaden Mitchell, which picked up about 45 yards down to about the 11-yard line with about 40 seconds left to go in the game. Panthers took a couple shots into the end zone, but uh, the last pass that was attempted was picked off, and uh, that's how Lake Charles College Prep beats Catholic High uh, Friday night, 7-3. Uh, to three. Just a heartbreaking loss for the Panthers uh, in that regard. Of course, Lake Charles College Prep will journey to Baton Rouge to take on U ULAB, uh, the number four seed, of course, Lake Charles College Prep, now winning uh, two games, uh, defeating uh, two teams ranked higher than them. And they're a pretty good team, too, a lot of talent. Uh, Luke Landry had a lot of uh, people in his face Friday night uh, attempting to throw passes. Meanwhile, other area teams, Ascension Episcopal gets beat by the number one seeded team, St. Charles Catholic. Uh, the Comets beat them 43 to nothing. Notre Dame rolls again. They beat Dorborn Woods. That's up in uh, Union Parish, 49 to seven. So uh, some interesting games. St. Charles Catholic will take on Notre Dame over at St. Charles Catholic, and Lake Charles College Prep, as I mentioned, will take on uh, the uh, U Lab up in Baton Rouge. Elsewhere in the uh, single A uh, Division uh, Four and select. Vermilion Catholic still rolling as the Screaming Eagles defeated Delhi Charter 48-12, to and they are rolling. Meanwhile, Westminster Christian was defeated by Washita Christian of Monroe 56-7. to Elsewhere, Hanson Memorial goes down to Southern Lab 47-27. So, but the Screaming Eagles will pay ascension of Catholic, uh, and that's going to be Friday at uh, in Abbeville. So if you want to see uh, the Screaming Eagles, they have a chance to go back to a uh, championship game like last year uh, where they were beaten by Washington Christian. 
who's still on the other side of the bracket. So, I was going to uh, say, and Central Catholic, uh, how about that score, 6-2? to two. Yeah, You see that? 6-2 to two, uh, as uh, Central Catholic, that's right, gets beat. Uh, just uh, unbelievable, some of these games uh, in that regard. So, uh, <coughs> in the meantime, uh, a lot of high school football going on. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to have Coach Ryan Antoine talking about his team in the next few minutes. Uh, with the Westgate Tigers playing their game. So uh, with that, but high school football in the air, and I know I can still hear Coach Indes saying, you always want to be playing Thanksgiving week. You know, you've had a good year. And uh, a lot of our teams had an opportunity. Some of them didn't make it. Uh, only a few did in our area. So uh, good luck to them and their pursuit of a state championship. Uh, of course, uh, remarkably, Generet uh, winning their, uh, how's my math, 10th game of the year. Uh, as the Generate Tigers have now won uh, two playoff games. Oh, no, one playoff game. Two. Two, that's right, two playoff games. So uh, what a year C Coach Clifford Paul has had for his Generate Tigers as uh, they take on uh, Haynesville, up in Haynesville this coming Friday, the Tornadoes. And it uh, should be an interesting contest uh, in that regard. So uh, good luck to the Tigers. Interesting start time, too, at 7.30 Friday. That, yeah, you're right. Not sure why. It's a bit of an anomaly. Uh, I think they wanted to get all the deer hunters out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so they wouldn't be shooting any deer hunters uh, in the meantime uh, for Just that. A little extra travel time for Generette, perhaps. Uh, uh, true, too, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're, as you mentioned, you're about a rock's throw from the Arkansas state line up there. And deer hunters are pretty prevalent. Still remember my old friend Beef saying, I'm wearing orange uh, when we go up there because I don't want to be the thought of as a deer i'm wearing orange so uh anyway the uh tornadoes usually a pretty good football team i'm trying to remember the old coach they had who was up there for many years won many state championships with haynesville uh red um i can't remember his last name but he was a, a stable up there at haynesville for a good 40 years or so and uh Won many state championships up there with Haynesville. Haynesville was nine and one on the season. They're only lost uh, two way Oak Grove, uh, and they got hammered uh, pretty hard, sixty one to twenty seven. Otherwise, I'm looking at a whole bunch of uh, big uh, defeats for them or victories for them. Yeah, they're a pretty good football team too. Always have been, and uh, they uh, pretty much hardened kids up there that part of the country uh, in that regard. We so, got nothing else. Yeah, that's right. They're pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. Haynesville, I mean, needs a good, what, 30, 40 miles from Freeport, I think. Anyway, it's way up there. Anyway, uh, just uh, other notes uh, uh, that I have here that are uh, uh, taking place uh, uh, with that. Uh, of course, uh, uh, I, I, Angel Reese is still out for LSU, too. Has she played recently? No, she uh, did not play in their final game. I did see something on... ESPN, uh, don't uh, read too much into the hype or uh, read too much into the fact that I haven't been there. Uh, let's see. Let me uh, pull up this story here. Yeah, she's, uh, I don't know if, uh, I, I want to say she's in a doghouse, but uh, it's just some conflicting things that are taking place, and uh, and it uh, looks like Coach Mulkey has made some decisions. Uh, she hadn't uh, been on the floor for a couple games, last couple games, and uh, we'll see what uh, takes place with that. But yeah, uh, yesterday morning she tweeted out, "Please don't believe everything you read." Um, her comments uh, unlikely to quiet the ongoing discourse regarding why 
She has seen her playing status change so dramatically. Didn't step onto the court for the second half of their uh, LSU's 109-79 victory over Kent State. Then she didn't even make the trip, I guess, to southeastern Louisiana. But um, they're back in action tonight against Texas Southern. We'll see if uh, she's on the court and maybe put some of this stuff to rest. Yeah, that would be uh, be nice. But uh, she's missed a couple games. And I'm hearing just combination of things uh, with some issues, social media and all that. Uh, so uh, we'll see what takes place with two, her. Two people know the story. Yeah, that's right. Kim and Angel. Pretty much. Uh, I think that's pretty accurate. Anyway, in the meantime, time to take our first break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, November 20th. We'll be back with more along with Coach Ryan Antoine of the Westgate Tigers right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Athletic Field provides challenges that test a competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic Sports in Louisiana. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio here on a big Monday, November the 20th, as we're uh, just trying to get uh, lined up with Coach Ryan Antoine. Of course, they had a long trip up to uh, Ruston uh, last Friday night. And uh, we have Coach on the line yet? No, not yet. Okay. Anyway, in the meantime, of course, uh, as we talked about some high school football, let's talk about yesterday. The Lions won a thriller for the second consecutive week. Uh, This was so personal to me, uh, the the way the Bears lost that game. Oh, I bet. Uh, An overcoming a 12-point deficit late in the fourth quarter to beat the Bears 31-26 and improve to 8-2 on the year, something they haven't done since JFK was president. And that's 60 years ago as uh, Jared Goff threw a season-high three interceptions as Chicago took a 26-14 lead with just 4.15 left in the game. 
but he led two touchdown drives in the final three minutes, and Adrian Hutchison clinched uh, the win with a strip sack for the safety in the warning seconds in the big picture. Detroit 8-2. and two. Uh, that came in 1962, eight years before the AFL-NFL merger. Now the first-place Lions can try to accomplish another long-awaited feat and win their first NFC North title with their last division crown coming in 1993 uh, when it was called the NFC Central. And I can tell you this, I can't rem- not necessarily remember, but the Lions back in the mid to early 50s with Bobby Lane, they won two or three NFC, uh, NFL championship titles with some heck of some players they had back in the day. As Bobby Lane, uh, the former Texas quarterback All-American, led the Lions to uh, some NFC title championships with some big wins over teams in that regard. So the Lions uh, facing, uh, you know, a little opportunity now with that. Uh, the other yeah, Detroit also scored um, in the two-minute warning uh, they did a two-minute drill at the end of the first half, too. Bears gave up three sloppy touchdowns uh, in those two-minute drills, and got to be something they uh, work on. And, you know, uh, it was a quick three-and-out, two uh, for the Bears after uh, they made it a one-touchdown game, uh, the four-point game or a five-point game, whatever it was, uh, before Detroit got the uh, following touchdown that put them in the lead for good, and then they got a safety, a garbage safety late win. Uh, the Bears uh, had the ball with next to no time left. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, they need to work on that. They need to learn how to finish a game. Yeah, uh, with that, uh, course, uh, with the, course, the Lions, just uh, they're playing really well right now. Eight and two uh, kind of calls for that. But the other game, the game late game last night, the Broncos. Man, let's ride the Broncos, and uh, let's see if that can uh, go. We have a caller on the line. Maybe Coach Antoine able to join us. Good morning. You're in the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Coach, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Coach, uh, welcome to uh, uh, the show, Bayou Sports. And, uh, Coach, I know a long ride, uh, and those those rides after you lose a tight, tough game, uh, those uh, rides back home are even longer with that. Could you uh, – uh, maybe let our listeners know what took place uh, against the uh, Bearcats, the Rustin Bearcats, last Friday night. You lost a tough one, 20-18. to 18. Yeah, tough game. Um, started off pretty good. Um, they started the game with an onside kick. Uh, we recovered it and uh, drove the ball down the field uh, and ended up getting a field goal. So it was up 3 um, they took They took our ensuing kickoff, um, you know, Back into their territory and scored on their first touchdown. I mean, scored on their first little quarterback uh, sweep. Uh, quarterback was a pretty good player for them, so they were up seven three. Uh, and then we kind of went back and forth. You know, it was a strong, tough defensive game. They end up scoring on um, their tight end ran a, ran a seam ball and, and beat one of our kids. Uh, so they were up fourteen to three at uh, at half. Came back out at, out of halftime and um, they scored again. I think it was the quarterback again or something like that, um, and was up. But mistake, we blocked the extra points, so they're up twenty to three. Um, and then I said we were just we were kind of you know struggling offensively. Um, Jabari Antoine came back um, Friday. He got released Friday morning. I didn't want to put him out there at quarterback. Um, you know, early I wanted him to kind of just play some other positions. You know, just to try to you know get back acclimated with the game. Um, matter of fact, his first pass that that he caught, put him at receiver just to kind of, you know, let him do some things. Uh, they hit him late. Uh, you could tell, like, you know, trying to just wait, you know, 
like I don't know, I'm not gonna say re-injure him, but just just hit him late. Um, you know, but he kind of started playing some defense as well, and um, you know, went to him, you know, late in the second quarter, I'm like, hey, you know, can you play some quarterback and try to you know bring us back into the game? Um, Bryant was kind of struggling at, at quarterback, um, and so we we moved Bryant the receiver. So Jabari came to quarterback second half. Uh, that's like his first touchdown that he threw was to was to Bryant, you know, um, to got got us back into the game. Um, like I say, and, and now now it's twenty to twenty to ten. Uh, we come back and play some good defense and uh, give him to punt the ball. Punt goes over the punter's head. So now we're down twenty to twelve. Um, so we get the ball, you know, after after the after the safety um, for that, and then we we drive and score another touch and score a touchdown. Um, that Travis Spider Lively uh, scored scored a touchdown at quarterback for us. Um, go for the two point conversion, uh, and we get it. Um, and then all of a sudden we get some kind of you know phantom flag you know from their sideline referee on their sideline saying we weren't um, that our receiver that that went in motion went up the field. Uh, he actually uh, motioned behind the running back, and and then went and so it was you know it was a terrible call that they made on us. So that that took us from being twenty to Twenty to twenty, because we end up backing us up, and we tried to get a two point conversion, didn't get it, and they just went on, you know, based on the four minute offense, uh, we had one timeout left, um, and just, you know, just ran the clock out, and we ended up losing the game. Like I said, twenty to eight, we ended up stopping them, but got the, got the ball with like eight seconds left, uh, you know, and like I said, um, tried tried to run a a last minute help, you know, a trick play, we would just push the ball back, end up throwing an interception, and end up losing the game twenty to eighteen, but. Our kids battled, you know, number one team in the state. They were undefeated, 5A program. And our kids went out there, you know, outman, outmatched, and play, and play, you know, to the last whistle. So it was a tough loss for us, but definitely, you know, proud of our kids. The way we battled all year was a tough year for us. You know, a lot of injuries, and it was a lot of different things. But to, to, to play the way we play, you know, and proud of our seniors for how they came back and battled. So and I know, it's, you know, we haven't – Lost in the second round in like almost five years, uh, we know we've been you know a quarterfinal team or better. So tough to be home, but definitely also just proud of you know the team that we had and, and where we played and, and how we played. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you told your team after that game, but I have a feeling uh, you just kind of shared with us uh, a lot of the sentiment you would have had for them. Yeah, just just super duper proud of them, and it was tough. I mean, I mean, like I said, that's. That's the number one team in the state, and you know, undefeated team. And you know, I feel like you know we were right up there with those guys. And you know, like that, I definitely feel like you know we we could have we could have got them. You know, I mean, I definitely think the game was a tie game. I mean, even looking at it on film, you know, it was was tough for us. You know, to see like okay, we fight back, tie the ball game up. But the biggest thing, like you know, we tell our kids all the time, don't put it in the referee's hands. You know, let's go out there and you know, leave no doubt. But you know, it is what it is, and you know. Nothing's going to change from it. We just got to go out there and get better. Yeah, no doubt. Thanksgiving, uh, of course, uh, school is out this week, and I know you'd rather be working this week, uh, coaching uh, up your team, but how are you going to spend this week now? Uh, just, just spending with my family, man. You know, this coaching thing a lot of times, you know, takes takes away from that, as, as, you know, as much as it can. You know, I mean, you, you know, I have an amazing family, amazing wife that kind of, takes care of the family, you know, while and lets me do the football stuff and the JV games and everything else, you know. So 
you know, got two boys that were that were devastated, and you know, two daughters that were devastated as well. You know that 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 we didn't that we didn't win the game, but now it's just time to just you know regroup. You know, and, and just spend some time with family. No, no doubt about it, uh, Coach. Tell us a little bit about uh, the players you lose and who steps up next year for you. Uh, like I say we didn't we didn't have a big senior class. Only had sixteen. I'm sorry, like thirteen seniors. Six of them really played for us. Uh, Demarion Johnson was uh, was going to probably be our biggest loss. Uh, defensive tackle that's going to LSU. Uh, you know, four-year starter that played real well for us every every year, uh, and and I think will be an impact player. You know, once he gets to LSU, Andre Williams was our team captain at linebacker, <clears throat> an All-State guy. Uh, we're gonna lose him. That'll be tough. Madre Evans, uh, he started corner for us every game. Um, Joseph Tillero, our left tackle, he'll be able to play at the next level. Ray Quentin Allen, our guard, and Cleveland Latula. Those are the six guys that really played for us. You know, a lot. The other kids, you know, were, were fillers and and played a little bit for us, but we have a real strong class in 2025. You know, um, like I said, that that's playing. I mean, we will, we will return 16 starters. Um, you know, for for next year. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's led by Jabari Antoine and Spider Lively and, and those guys. So those guys have been playing a lot since they were freshmen. So this is a you know a class almost like the class that we had when we had Jordan Ducey and Danny Lewis and. Zion Madison, where we wanted. So we definitely got big, big hopes and big aspirations for those guys. But the weight room and the offseason will be big for us, and I'm already starting on it now. There you go. And I would imagine Coach Winston uh, ready to have some of those guys on the basketball court too. Right, right, yeah. You know, you going to kind of get those guys a little break, but basketball to start when we get back. Very good. Well, Coach, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, covering you this year, uh, again joining us on most of those Saturday mornings and, again, on Monday mornings. Uh, really appreciate your effort uh, helping us cover Westgate football and look forward to doing it again next year. I appreciate you guys everything. Coach, take care, man. Yeah, Coach. I'll be Thanksgiving. Thank you. Appreciate Coach uh, Antoine and, uh, again, Coach Martin to join us tomorrow to yeah, wrap that, up his season. That's right. So a uh, lot of tough team, uh, tough games, tough breaks. You know, I didn't realize with uh, there was successful – on a two-point try late in the game. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can find that somewhere on YouTube yeah. and see if that call, uh, as he said, uh, was just a poorly uh, The Bearcats may not want to upload that one. Yeah, you know? that. Uh, but fans upload them. So yeah. uh, uh, I wonder if we'd see that uh, in that call. So uh, pretty interesting to, uh, to get beat uh, to the top team in the uh, state, 20-18, to 18, and uh, uh, the Bearcats uh, move on. Uh, to, to play another game, so uh, and, and, you know, and I know rules are rules, and I just I'd like you know whether or not it was a good call, it, even if it was a proper call, did it impact the play? And those are things I'd like to think an official might look at and say, yeah, technically he maybe was moving forward, but did it impact the play? Right. And but again, I'll take Coach Antoine for his word uh, sure. that it's probably a bad call. Anyway, uh, of course. Uh, the Tigers uh, had tied it up. Uh, amazing. Uh, down at one time, uh, wasn't it 20 to 3 that were down at one time? Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, uh, so uh, making a comeback like that. Good to see Jabari Antoine get back in. Yeah, uh, that play. was uh, news to us. Uh, yes. He didn't tease that uh, last week when we spoke to him. Yes, and uh, he was been out for a good six, seven weeks as he went down with, what, a broken collarbone, I do believe, or a separated shoulder. And. Uh, <laughs> 
come back to play for Westgate. Uh, what a terrific player. And from what I'm hearing, might be the number one player in the state next year in uh, all classifications uh, with regards to your recruiting. So uh, interesting, as uh, Coach said, he'll have 16 starters back next year. And uh, that's a nice place to start, too. Yeah, you've got to be excited about that. So with that. So uh, anyway, uh, time to take uh, another break here. You listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time? Time for a new roof or to repair the old one. Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Swyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast for the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Here on this big Monday, Thanksgiving week, November the 20th. And on the line with his Bob Rose, uh, the SI.com uh, Saints uh, writer. Good morning, Bob. As always, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Happy th- happy early Thanksgiving to all of you and uh, all of your families as well. I hope you have a great kickoff to the holiday year. Yeah, it'll be a nice uh, nice week here. Uh, weather's not going to be hopefully too bad down here. Uh, anyway, Bob, uh, with that, uh, do you, what are you hearing uh, with regards to Derek Carr's injury? Uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of um, you know hearsay, a lot of speculation, and, uh, of course, the Saints travel to, uh, to play the Dirty Birds. Uh, uh, Sunday uh, over in Atlanta at the uh, their uh, I guess uh, Mercedes Benz Super, uh, Dome Stadium. Uh, we just had, hadn't heard much, and uh, wondering what you may have heard. Uh, we've heard nothing, uh, you know, nothing of uh, any consequence either. And there are three injuries to keep an eye on this week. Not only Carr with that shoulder, as you mentioned, 
but also Michael Thomas and his knee injury, and uh, Marshawn Lattimore has a leg injury too. Uh, you know, so obviously, obviously those are three big contributors uh, you know, to to the New Orleans Saints offensively and defensively. Uh, but in regards to Carr, uh, you know, if you recall, well, I think you mentioned it too. He left Minnesota, the Minnesota loss uh, not only with the shoulder issue but also a concussion. I would certainly think that the extra week off will help all three of these players get back to action sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, and I think Carr, Carr is the one we'll most likely see. Uh, you know, because uh, you know, unless unless the shoulder injury was aggravated to the point of uh, you know, severity where you, you know, he's eyeing up surgery. And I believe that we would have heard that if that was uh, that were the case. So it will probably be the same situation and same word speak that we heard after he got injured against Green Bay. Well, if Derek can put up with the pain, uh, you know, we'll brace it up, we'll pad it up. Uh, you know, and uh, he's cleared to go if he thinks that he can go. So I, I think that that's the direction we'll head with Derek Carr this uh uh, this week, uh, obviously the team won't uh, you know won't have an official practice until Wednesday. Uh, but the, you know, the the injury reports you know, for him, Lattimore, and Thomas are you know, certainly something to keep an eye on. Yeah, of course the Saints. Uh, you wonder uh, with their offensive line. Uh, hopefully, uh, with a uh, almost two weeks. Uh, hopefully, they get some of those offensive linemen back uh, healthy again too. With that, uh, as uh, the season uh, the final stretch comes down, the Saints will be playing seven more games uh, against, uh, I think, only one winning team. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Lions are the only team on the rest of the Saints' schedule that has a winning record. Is that accurate? Yeah, you are 100% accurate. Uh, you know, Detroit Lions are the only team uh, remaining among the Saints' seven opponents that have a record above 500 uh, for Excuse me. Four of those seven games are against NFC South opponents, too. Uh, you know, including the one that you mentioned uh, this week. Uh, yeah, uh, at Atlanta and their uh, and their copycat dome. Yeah, and uh, that game uh, should be pretty interesting. I was trying to see, uh, pulling up a, a couple notes here uh, with that uh, with that game over in uh, uh, um, I want to say uh, uh, Atlanta. Uh, I want to say it's a picky game too right now. Uh, with that, of course, uh, Atlanta having their quarterback issues too, as they've uh, Desmond uh, Ritter they've benched and going with another quarterback. But, uh, but he has been announced as the probable quarterback for Sunday. Interesting, yes. interesting. Yes. Uh, didn't know that. Uh, with that, so uh, Atlanta's had their issues also too. Uh, of course, their running back, rookie running back Robinson from Texas, has done a pretty good job for him in that regard. But uh, uh, what do you know a little bit about the Falcons, Bob, for our listeners? Uh, well, you know, as you all mentioned, uh, Atlanta essentially announced that Desmond Ritter will be their starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Now, whether that remains the case, you know, we'll see. Uh, but I certainly expected him to be the starter uh, you know, against New Orleans. The reason why is because Ritter is much more mobile and you know, a much more a much bigger rushing threat uh, you know, than uh, than Taylor Heineke, who has played the last, you know, started the previous two games. Uh, you know, Atlanta is not dumb. They they see the issues that the New 
New Orleans defense has had against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, you know, and you know, I, I, and I would expect some runs, uh, you know, some design runs for Ritter to get him on the perimeter of the Saints defense. Other than that, Atlanta wants to take you into the trenches. Uh, you know, just beat you or you know, take you into a phone booth and just you know, it body shot, body shot, body shot. Uh, you know, and just beat the pulp out of you. Uh, you know, that's both offensively and defensively. Uh, their offensive line is designed to run the football, uh, so they still have some issues, you know, some major issues in pass protection, especially over on their left side. But if the, you know, if the Falcons can control the ball, control the tempo of the game with not only Bijan Robinson, uh, you know, but uh, you know, Ritter's legs and Tyler Algier too, you know, the the, uh, the second year power back from BYU, uh, yeah, then that plays right into the Falcons' hands. Uh, you know, the Saints have had obviously some vulnerability against the run. In the, you know, in the last four or five weeks, so they're going to have to you know, they're going to have to really tighten those belt buckles and show that they could shut down the Falcons, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the Falcons' running game. Uh, you know, Atlanta's receivers not impressive if you ask me. I mean, I know Drake London, first round pick, Kyle Pitts, first round pick, uh, you know, John U. Smith, uh, you know, who who is actually outproduced to Kyle Pitts at the tight end position. They're the three top targets for their passing game. None of the three are particularly athletic. Uh, you know, well, Pitts for the tight, you know, for a tight end is, uh, but they're mainly big physical receivers. Again, Atlanta wants to just out physical you. That sort of plays right into the way the Saints like to cover. Uh, you know, New Orleans has had pr- some problems, uh, you know, with uh, with highly athletic pass catchers. Uh, and, and again, other than Pitts, you're not going to get any supreme athletes out of Atlanta's pass catchers. So I, I like the matchup in the Saints' favor uh, when uh, when Atlanta has to throw the ball. Defensively, again, you know, Atlanta's given up some passing yards. Uh, you know, but early in games, they had played, you know, for the first two, three quarters, uh, you know, they, they had bottled up most of their opponents. It's later in games that Atlanta's defense gives up some plays. They seem to get worn down in the running game, and they have an awful lot of you know, issues pressuring the passer. Uh, you know, that, it feels like almost a mirror image of the Saints' defense and the issues that we've seen from them this year. Uh, yeah, but again, this is a much more physical Atlanta defense than I have seen in recent years. Yeah, uh, Bob, it looks like, you know, we talk about, you know, we complain about the Saints only scoring 20 points a game. Well, they're, the Saints are averaging right at 21.4 points a game. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, 18.9 points a game. Mm-hmm. So they've got their issues, too, putting points up on the board. Of course, uh, they, as you mentioned, they mirror each other. Pretty, uh, It's pretty close. The Saints throw the uh, uh, football a little bit better than they do, but uh, – and Atlanta rushes the ball a little bit better than the Saints do. But the Saints, believe it or not, uh, are, are they're behind them. Atlanta completes 41% of their third down uh, uh, attempts, while the Saints are at 36-5. Uh, time of possession, New Orleans at 31 minutes, Atlanta at 30.29. So uh, interesting. And it, New Orleans and Atlanta just about mirror each other defensively. Saints give up about 312 yards a game, Atlanta 308. Uh, passing yards, the Saints 199, Atlanta 200. Rushing yards, uh, Saints give up 113.6, and uh, Atlanta gives up 108.4. So uh, they mirror each other pretty well, too. And like you said, probably one of the better defensive teams with Atlanta that the Saints will see in uh, quite some time. But, again, a picket game, a game hopefully you can come back with a W. Uh, and I know at one time – 
years ago. I had a sister who lived in Atlanta for many years, and we'd spend Thanksgiving week with her. And uh, we used to see the buses uh, coming back from Atlanta. When we drive up on Sunday, uh, yeah, I guarantee you there would be over 100 buses coming back from Atlanta wow. with Saints fans. Uh, at one time, we counted 300 of my kids. I gave them something to do to give them a riding up to Atlanta, and they counted <laughs> 318 buses coming wow. back from Atlanta. That's right. Just unbelievable. Wow. Uh, over 300 buses, Greyhound buses, coming back from Atlanta with Saints fans. So, uh, anyway, uh, got to be interesting. That game's always been a and, – uh, and, you know, this is the first time in a few years – the Saints aren't playing on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, over the last few years, didn't they play many games on uh, Thanksgiving Day? I do remember they played two in a row, uh, but uh, it's not necessarily a guarantee. Yeah, not, right. Yeah, not like the Lions. You know, the Lions playing their games on <laughs> Thanksgiving uh, Day along with the Cowboys. But the Saints, they were trying to slide them in in an evening game. It just seems like the last three or four years they played uh, Thanksgiving night. Uh, against uh, teams, but uh, it should be interesting, Bob, and uh, just uh, some thoughts on you uh, with the, with this game coming up. Yeah, and you know, like you said, this is this is a huge game, really, for both teams. Uh, you know, Atlanta comes in you know, at, at four and six. <laughs> Uh, you know, Tampa, you know, Tampa dropped to the 49ers, uh, you know, yesterday. So I think they, they're sitting at four and four and six as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. So if, if New Orleans were to win this game, uh, you know, obviously it's always big when you go against, uh, you know, not only someone within your own conference, but especially an opponent within your own division, uh, yeah, but New Orleans wins this game and they really have a firm grasp on the NFC South, uh, you know, for, for the stretch run, uh, you know, by no means would they put, put the division away, uh, you know, just like, just like if they were to lose, uh, you know, it, it doesn't put them necessarily in dire straits, but I look at this Saints team, you know, both, both New Orleans and Atlanta, they're desperate for some momentum. Neither team has been able to, you know, to consistently win, uh, you know, uh, win at all this year. Uh, you know, and both teams are eyeing up opportunities for a weak division. Uh, you know, I think for the Saints to get a, to potentially get a road win against such a bitter rival, uh, you know, would give them a lot of confidence, especially as they head, uh, you know, into a, into a, a, a big matchup against Detroit the following week. Uh, I tell you what worries me though, Ryan Nielsen. The Falcons' defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I, I was so sorry to see him go. Uh, you know, I think he is a, a rising star in the coaching ranks. Uh, but obviously, he spent a lot of time with the New Orleans organization. He knows what the Saints like to do defensively. He knows what the Saints do well offensively. He knows Pete Carmichael obviously very, very well. How are the Saints going to combat that? That's going to be the major question for me this week. Uh, you know, this is a New Orleans team that has come into a lot of games with you know, game plans lacking imagination, uh, you know, very vanilla, very ba- mind-bogglingly baffling play calls. Uh, you know, is New Orleans going to be able to switch it up? Uh, you know, to kind of keep the Falcons and you know, Ryan Nielsen off balance. Are, they, are the Saints going to be able to physically match up against the Falcons offense, who we know wants to punish you? Those are going to be the major storylines for me as we, head into, you know, and as we head into Dirty Bird Week. All right. Well, Bob, uh, Saints and Falcons both off yesterday, but Tampa and Carolina – 
Uh, not too surprising, both lost. Uh, again, uh, the division still kind of wide open, but you're, you're starting to see where it's going. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really feels like uh, you know, it really feels like Tam- the Tampa Bay is is the team that we thought uh, you know they we thought they'd be from the beginning of the year a squad that struggles uh, you know Carolina obviously in rebuilding mode it feels like they're going to hit the reset button again uh, you know it just it feels like the winner of this Saints Falcons game uh, you know is going to be in control of their own destiny for the stretch run. Gotcha. Well, Bob, always a pleasure on these Mondays. Uh, We'll look forward to it again next week. In the meantime, remind us how to hear and see your work. Guys, always a pleasure to join you. Uh, And, again, I hope you all and your families have a great Thanksgiving, and you listeners, too. Uh, Be safe, but be happy. Uh, And in the meantime, follow me over on Facebook, Bob Rose, R-O-S-E. I'm on Twitter, at Bobby R, 2613. Remember to follow myself, Kyle Mosley, John Hendricks, and Ross Jackson at the Saints News Network, at Saints News on Twitter, or over on SI.com with the New Orleans Saints team page. And also, please check out Brendan Boylan and myself for our Bayou Blitz podcast on Wednesday night. We're going to go live at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, You can find us on YouTube, or uh, we also post links on both Brendan and my personal uh, social media pages. Very good. Bob, again, always a pleasure. Uh, We'll look forward to uh, chatting with you next Monday. Can't wait, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Bob. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anyway, interesting. Uh, Do uh, to take another break here. On Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240, Uh, we'll be back with more with Bayou Sports and Today in Sports History right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadow. Athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Louisiana needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, November the 20th. Uh, of course, uh, 
A lot of big games, uh, college games, uh, a lot of arch uh, rival games uh, taking place this weekend. Of course, the one first comes to my mind is Ole Miss t- uh, traveling to Starkville to take on Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss, uh, 11 and a half point pick in that game. That game can be seen uh, on ESPN at 6.30 on Thursday night, uh, which they usually play. Uh, elsewhere, Iowa, number 16 at Nebraska. TCU journeys to uh, Norman, Oklahoma, to take on the Sooners at 14th ranked. Missouri at number nine takes on Arkansas. Mizzou is a seven-and-a-half-point pick in that game. Penn State uh, traveling to Michigan State, East Lansing. Uh, Penn State a 20-point pick. Texas Tech uh, journeying to Texas, number seven, Texas. And Texas a 13-and-a-half-point pick in that game. The big Civil War game, keep an eye on. Oregon State uh, traveling to uh, Oregon. Uh, to take on uh, the uh, Ducks as uh, Oregon is a 13-and-a-half point pick in that game. They call that game the Civil War. Of course, the Big Daddy uh, game over the Big House, uh, Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan a three-and-a-half point pick in that game, the over and under 46. Of course, last year, Michigan beat Ohio State at the U. Uh, first time, I think it was in almost 20 years. So, uh, interesting game. And with all the implications going on with Michigan, uh, we're going to be serious, curious to see how that game's going to play out, too. No Coach Harbaugh, uh, who's going to be available, not available to attend the game. Meanwhile, the Tigers take on A&M. LSU at number 15 at 8-3. and A&M comes in at 7-4 and four without Jimbo Fisher. The uh, Tigers are a 10.5-point pick in that game. Over and under, 66, so they expect a lot of scoring. Kentucky takes on number 10, Louisville, who's 10-1, Louisville. Kentucky, 6-5, and five. Louisville, a touchdown pick in that game. Colorado at 4-7, and seven. journeys to uh, Utah to take on the Utes, or 7-4. Utah, a three-touchdown pick in that game. BYU takes on number 23, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, a 17-point pick in that game uh, in that regard. Elsewhere, Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona at eight and three. Arizona State uh, at three and eight. Uh, Arizona twelve and a half point pick. Vanderbilt at uh, Tennessee. Vanderbilt two and nine. Tennessee seven and four. Tennessee at twenty six and a half point pick. The big one over at Alabama. The Iron Bowl. Alabama takes on Auburn. Uh, Auburn got beat by New Mexico State this weekend by the score of thirty one to ten at Auburn. Alabama comes in 10-1, and one, Auburn 6-5, and five. Alabama two-touchdown pick in that game. Washington at Washington State, as, uh, of course, the Huskies are 11-0. They're a 17-point pick in that game. Notre Dame at Stanford, uh, Notre Dame a 25-point pick in that game. Stanford 3-8, and eight. Notre Dame 8-3. Eight and three. Florida State without their fine quarterback uh, as they journey to uh, Gainesville to take on the Gators. Uh, Florida State, a six-and-a-half-point pick in that game. Billy Napier's Gators right now are five and six. Of course, Florida State, one of the six undefeated teams in Division One. Elsewhere, Georgia, another undefeated team, takes on Georgia Tech, the Engineers. Georgia, 23-and-a-half-point pick in that game over in Atlanta at Grant Field. Elsewhere, Kansas is at uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Kansas, seven and four. Cincinnati, three and eight. Kansas, a uh, six-point pick in that game. North Carolina, Mac Brown, his group at number 20, takes on NC State at eight and three. They're a two-point pick, uh, uh, the uh, Carolina is, over State. And finally, uh, Iowa State uh, over Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State's an 11-point pick. Uh, can- Iowa State, six and five. Kansas State, eight and three. 
course, the defending Big 12 champ. So a lot of football going on this weekend uh, in that regard. And, uh, of course, locally, of course, the Tigers taking on A&M, UL taking on UL Monroe, and Tulane taking on U.S. at Texas at San Antonio over at Yeoman Stadium uh, for, uh, I guess, to play in the state in the conference championship game. Both teams are 7-0 and in conference. Uh, today in sports history, November the 20th, back in 1934, a 17-year-old uh, Japanese pitcher gives up just one hit, and it's a home run to Lou Gehring as the United States All-Stars beat Japan one to nothing. Also in this date, 1952, the Cubs uh, slugging left fielder Hank Sauer wins the National League MVP award. Also in this date, in 1962, Mickey Mantle wins the AL MVP for the third time in his career. Also in this date, in 1966, the Dallas Cowboys sack the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback an NFL record 12 times in a game uh, back then. Also in 1967, on this date, Tom Seaver, terrific Tom, will go 16-12 and is named the Rookie of the Year in the National uh, League. Also in this date, 1969, Brazilian soccer icon Pelé scores his 1,000th goal on this date back in uh, 1969. Also in 69, uh, Willie McCovey edges Tom Seaver as the NL's uh, MVP. Of course, the Mets went on to win the World Series as uh, the Miracle Mets uh, win it in 69. Also in this date, 1977, Walter Payton, the Bears' all-time uh, rusher, uh, rushes for an NFL record 275 yards in a, a game on that day. It seemed like it was Thanksgiving, too, that day. when Walter I believe Payton it was. That. Also on this date, 1983, New York. No, no, no. He did it against Minnesota. He did. And they wouldn't have played uh, Minnesota on Thanksgiving. They would have only played Detroit or Dallas. Oh, true. This is true. Anyway, also on this date. Uh, I remember uh, it well. Yeah, on this date, 1984, uh, Butch Wolf, uh, 1983, excuse me, New York Giants, Butch Wolfhawk ties an NFL record 43 times he ran the ball. That's unbelievable. Also on this date, 1984, pitcher Dwight Gooden wins the NL Rookie of the Year award. Also in 1985, New York Yankees Don Mattingly easily wins the AL MVP. Also in this date, 1988, Boston College beats Army 38-24 in the Emerald Isle Classic at Dublin's Lansdowne Road Stadium. It's the first NCAA American football game to be played in Europe. Also in this date, 1989, Braves uh, uh, Milwaukee Brewers center fielder Robin Yount wins the AL MVP. Also in this date, 1991, the Braves' Terry Pendleton wins the National League MVP. Uh, in the 1993, on this date, in the 58th Iron Bowl, Auburn beats Alabama 22 to 14 in Auburn. Also in this date, 1993, uh, the fifth college football holy war, Boston College uh, beats Notre Dame 41-39 in South Bend. It's Boston College's first win in this series. Also in 1997, the last original Florida Marlin, Jeff Conine, traded to the Kansas City Royals. And of course, they broke the Marlins up that year after they won the World Series. Also in this date, 1997, A.C. Green of the Lakers, uh, the Mavericks rather, sets an uh, NBA record of 907 consecutive games played. Uh, unbelievable. Also, birthdays today, born on this date, way back in 1866, 
Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis, who passed away in 1944. Of course, a federal judge for 17 years, Hall of Fame executive, and the first Major League Baseball commissioner born uh, in Millville, Ohio. Also born on this day in 1869, Clark Griffin, Hall of Fame pitcher, believe it or not, Major League ARA leader, and also manager of the Chicago White Sox, the Highlanders, the Reds, and the Washington Senators owner for many years. Uh, born in Clear Creek, Missouri, he passed away in 1955. He was the one, didn't, uh, 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 I want to say maybe his son moved the Senators to, uh, to uh, Minnesota. Elsewhere, deaths on this date. Uh, passing away on this date in 2019, seemed like he was the Vikings kicker forever. Fred Cox. Fred Cox, yeah. That's right. Uh, NFL kicker. One of the last straight-ahead kickers. That he was, too. Uh, and it just seemed like he kicked forever. He was a Vi- he still is, I think, the Vikings' all-time leading scorer. Passed away at 80. And I go back to the quote of the day, and I, I've been looking this up, trying to find it somewhere. Judge Kennesaw Mountainland has said, if a jury of your peers finds you not guilty, I will reinstate you back to uh, baseball. Well, what happened to the uh, Chicago 8? They were all acquitted of their findings, but he never let them come back into baseball. Was it a jury of the of peers? Oh, good question. Uh, anyway, I, I, everybody seemed to think, and if you watch the movie, they lost even all the depositions and everything that uh, the White Sox players had uh, 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 claimed their uh, guilt in regards to taking money for throwing games. So, uh, anyway, in the meantime, Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis put eight of them out of baseball for the rest of their lives. Anyway, today in sports history, Jeff here on a big Monday, November the 20th. I'm not sure if I missed you saying it, but uh, maybe you missed Cal beating Stanford on this day when the band took over back in 1982. And, you know, I saw John Elway's first game in college. Uh, Tulane beat Stanford one night in the Dome. And his last game in college was against Cal as uh, Cal with the fumbling and running into the trombone player yep. in the end zone. That was his last game, too. Uh, so uh, Elway won his, lost his uh, first game he ever played in college and lost his uh, last game he ever played in college. John Elway. There you go. Anyway, big thanks to our guests today. As always, appreciate uh, Coach Ryan Antoine joining us on Monday mornings, although uh, we did wrap up that uh, today. And as always, uh, Bob Rose, SI.com, uh, and many other ways to uh, check out his work. And we certainly want to thank our sponsors, Bayou Sports, brought to us by Jacob Landry, now state representative elect out of District 49, LA Classic Roofing, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency.